Shrinks Wrap is brought to you by West Coast Mindfulness Institute, a networking group for mindfulness-oriented clinicians. Shrinks Wrap is a psychology podcast where we introduce you to leading clinicians and thinkers and their personal journeys through the field. While we hope you enjoy this dive into the psyche, please note that this podcast is not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. To learn more about us or to find a therapist, visit wcminstitute.net. All right. So welcome again. So 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 why don't you go for it this time, Jin? Okay. Why, why don't, why don't right. you do the big welcome? All right. Welcome, uh, podcast listeners, to another episode of Shrinks Wrap. You have the team back. Yes, Raphael yeah. and Jim here. And uh, one of the things that I, I want to just point out before we get into our topic, which is going to be about the holidays and about seasonal affective disorder, and we're going to be talking about how to find hope during these times where we have less light during the daytime and it gets darker earlier. Uh, we have to see all our relatives, some we like, some maybe more challenging. Yep. Um, and so we want to talk about ways of coping with this time of the year because it's something that we uh, both do. But I want to just talk a little bit on a more personal note because Raphael and I just uh, had a bonding experience uh, in the last week. Right, Raphael? Yes, yes. Well, a few days ago, actually, when, when we're a few days from when we're recording this, who knows when people listen in the podcast world, but yeah, yeah. Do you want to we, mention what, what yeah, that yeah. bonding so, experience was? Yeah, so we... we so uh, Jim had a, a, a gracious invite to for me to come up to the Bay Area to watch a Niner game in person, and it was on this past su- Sunday, which was December 10th, and we were playing the arch rivals uh, Seahawks. So just want to say sorry for all you Seahawks fans that are listening that um, we beat you again, but it was it was. <laughs> 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 it was a really fun time to i mean be, besides the game being a game that we won which always feels good and against you know the our tribal seattle seahawks which we don't like uh it was just a, a fun just to be watching it with you and enjoy kind of like the excitement of life sports you know with a good friend yeah thank you you know I, there's a photo i'm gonna try to have our photo posted the one we took at the uh, 49ers game for proof that we yeah. were at the game. Uh, we, we thought about actually recording the podcast almost from the game, but it would have been too loud and difficult to record. Yes. Uh, the game. Any kind of conversation at the game was crazy. It was so loud. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. I sent it to a couple of people we have in, we share, you know, people we know in common, and uh, they were struck by how similar we looked at that moment with the beards and the hats <laughs> and the whole thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, with a Niner swag. <laughs> yeah. You know, wow, you really do look like brothers. It's uh, true. Yeah, it's, uh, I did, you'll see on the, hopefully we'll get that photo posted. You can check that out. But, hey, Raphael, I want to talk to you a little bit. Of, this is um, this is like our tax season. Seriously, this is where we're really challenged uh, to really be of service to our communities and our people, our clients. And I know that uh, a lot of uh a lot of our clients really struggle around this time. Uh, And, you know, we tend to get more calls and more people seeking support and help. Even people from the past might come back in because it's, it is needed. I just want to get, you know, any, any observations you have about this time of the year and your experience with uh, helping clients and what do you find useful 
to offer clients during this time. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're right. And I think that, you know, the, the, the holidays can be, you know, a, a special moment for a lot of people in a lot of ways, but they could also be quite painful, you know, and, and, and complicated. You know, one, one of the bigger things that I noticed through the years beyond, you know, the, 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 because a lot of people have like like trauma associated to holidays or just you know sad moments and things like that that are more specific to everybody's story but i found that that in general that there is so much energy that is placed to a day in the calendar that has to be magical you know it's the magical season you know it's the is the happiest time of the year, you know, is this, this, uh, whatever faith people practice, but the most common, you know, you know, holiday during this time of year for a lot of people is Christmas, you know, and, and, and there is this emphasis on that day having to be special, that they having to be, you know, magical in some ways. And, and for a lot of people, like, there's a lot of cooking and planning, you know, and hosting and getting ready and presents and all this pressure. And what I found is that it there's a huge like post holiday, you know, depression that happens because either it was not enough, you know, the expectation was not met that it was going to be amazing and magical. It was all these hours and work and people were not grateful enough. It was not enjoyable enough. It didn't feel magical enough. So I think part of the problem is that we, we overemphasize the importance of a, of a date in the calendar. And, and it's impossible, right? I mean, I, I think we all know that if you want to guarantee be, to be disappointed is have expectations. And, and there is no... And, and especially people of Christian faith in whatever shape they are, right? Because there's a lot of people who don't practice, but Christmas is still a big holiday. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would be curious because I, I, my sense of it from a, from a very outside spectator perspective, you probably have a different, much different experience from, from being uh, of the Jewish faith that Hanukkah doesn't have that big of a of a pressure to make it magical it's a bit of a different holiday it's not just one day you know it's 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 a little bit different um but i think thanksgiving is one that's much more across all fates that's another really special family event you know take the print the print sense away but it's it's the same thing and i and i think is that is the pressure of perfection that is so destructive that takes away from the enjoyment that, that. Well, those are those are all really critical points. I, I always wondered what would Jesus do during this time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he created this holiday in a sense, you know, and now we have to cope with it. I'm wondering what would Jesus tell us about how to handle this Christmas holiday, which you know we know regarding mythology and truth regarding the actual day and whether yeah, it's you yeah, know, yeah. we all know it's debate, debatable about whether this happened exactly in 1225, but uh, but it's really there. There's this uh, challenge, and you know the Jews had to come up with eight competing days to deal with one day. You know we had a, you know, <laughs> so okay, you're going to take this one day. We're going to we're going to create eight days. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deal one day. That's how we're going to roll. Um, and it's a little bit hard for for us at this time of the year, just being frank. You know, because Jews are having to hide the fact that they're Jews. So they can't put menorahs yeah. out. They can't put 
they're afraid to light candles. You know, it's a really weird time of the year. This is unusual this year. So, yes. um, and even people who are of other faith, you know, people who are not necessarily Jews or, you know, we could say Islamic people or people of other faith also can struggle too, because they're not emphasized as much. They're not the, right. the focal point in our society, uh, through, you know, commercialism, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yes. So I think it, it can be hard for a lot of people or people who are non-believers or people who don't believe in, yeah. uh, in the holiday. Yeah. Uh, so it, it can be challenging, but I, I do think I love Christmas in general. I do love the holiday and I love so much about it. I, I, as a kid, I just got giddy and excited watching all those old movies and seeing yeah. the lights and the decorations and all the food and uh, just the people would be joyous. They'd be nicer and kinder to each other and go a little bit out of their way to be, uh, to see how you're doing and singing songs in school and plays about happy, joyful things. So you have all these associations that are mostly positive. Uh, right. And then you're, you're right about all these expectations that get, crash because we're all see these movies about these lovely families you know these yep. great stories i mean i have seen it's a wonderful life i don't know 10 times i think and uh you know I, every time i watch it you know uh, i'm touched by it and i almost get emotional still watching that film but that's not the real world we live in exactly correct what's a christmas film this is gonna bug me about the kid who kind of got bullied on Christmas? What was that movie? You know what? Uh, uh, Remember that one? Yeah, I, I could see the kid with the glasses, and I and I just heard somebody say the name. Uh, yeah. It'll come back. Yeah, it'll come to, me. to yeah. us. It'll come to us. Our but, audience can Google it while we're thinking. About yeah, it. yeah. Well, I'm sure a few people are shouting at the at, at whatever yeah. their phone <laughs> what or happens, their, yeah. you know. Come yeah. on, guys, you should. <laughs> but yeah. th there is the the, the and, and I think there's something about you know Christmas that for most people, I, I shouldn't say for most people, but, but but it has become much more than than the, the the birth of Christ that for a lot of Christians is meaningful. It's just this holiday moment or families get together, you know, and there's christmas tree and all this other stuff that i think it's beyond religious beliefs because it's probably one of the most commonly you know practiced in the western world you know celebrations that mm -hmm. and 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 it's just a fun day it's a fun idea you know and the concept of family getting together and and you know and having like this this special moment and sharing gifts and all that but i think mm -hmm. that that you said something that i believe it's part of the complication that it's been it's been commercialized, right? It, it, it's now, you know, this, this, the, the expectations of it are so much more from like the, the industry of Christmas and the actual day itself. You know, I think like, like Home Depot and those places, it seems like every year it's a little bit earlier that the Christmas decorations yes. are out, you know, it's like, exactly. I think this year it was even before Halloween, there was already Christmas decorations out. So, so what I think that creates so much pressure of once again, this magical moment that I think that's the sad part for me is that there's so much emphasis in one day or one evening that we miss out on, you know, just being joyful of the, the season longer, just being, just enjoying people, just you know, being able to share love for one another, not just on Christmas, you know, but other days, you know, 
of being in contact with our family and staying in touch beyond the event of of this you know huge party celebration that must be magical and perfect and the stars must align and and so i think that that's part of it i think that's a big part of what creates kind of like this this higher rate of 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 overwhelm i i i read somewhere i don't know if this is true because i haven't fact checked it but that the day with the highest depression is that the first day coming back to work after the new oh year. yeah the yeah, first yeah, monday definitely. after the new year's <clears throat> yes and, that, and that's after you weigh yourself for all the food you ate over the holidays by the way our crack research team just gave me information um a christmas story 1983 ralphie beats up the bully and then there was a remake of the film the christmas project in 2016 oh there's a remake of that film yeah so thank you crack research team for looking that up for us really appreciate that thank you for your time uh anyway so so the uh that's uh yeah that's that's that when we come back you know in january we i think it's personal trainers and therapists uh are really busy you know every you know there's all the new year's resolutions and all the things you want to put in place so people run to the gym and then they and then the gyms get all the new memberships and then people stop going to the gyms by march and they usually come to us for help you know around the same time and uh so I think that there's, you're right, you said it's about expectations versus uh, expectations can lead to a lot of emotional problems and versus acceptance of what is. Yes. Expectancy theory is really relevant here. But the, the combination of, the, you know, seasonal affective disorder, which is prominent during this time, perfectionism, like you said. Do you want to yeah. say more about what, what seasonal affective disorder? I mean, I'm assuming most people understand that, but maybe you just want to give yeah. a little definition. Well, a lot of it has to do with just our need for light. You know, we, there's a lack of light. And so um, it just affects the neurotransmitters. And, and for people who are susceptible to depression, some people are really seasonally uh, impacted during this time of year where there's less light. And so they can, uh, a lot of people can get more and more depressed and isolated and lonely and disconnected. And uh, for people who aren't near family, which is a lot of people uh, in our country, it's different than other countries where, I don't know about Mexico, I wonder about that, Rafael, that if it's different than here, but uh, I know in Australia and other places in in Europe, people tend to stay closer to where their families are, where they grew up. In our country, we're nomads, we're very nomadic and we are away from each other. So there's a lot of people who are single, they're not with their families, they're alone, and and they're sitting in darkness, metaphorically speaking, where there's yeah. no light. And so I think all those those various variables make it really hard not having community and not having actual light. So one of the things that's recommended for seasonal affective disorder is actually buying lights, uh, which you can get uh, yes. purchase, you know, for uh, helping you with depression. Get a light box, which is actually helpful. But um, but I also think it's really important to not isolate and to reach out to people. And if you're not celebrating Christmas, you're not uh, invited to you know an event during this time. It can be very painful. And so I think there's a need for to uh, to try to find connection and to let people know that you or invite people to where you are. Uh, figure out ways of uh, finding community at this time if your family's yes. not around. Yeah, like friendship. Yeah parties, friendship celebrations, and things like this. 
Yes, definitely. I think that there's such an emphasis on family in this holiday as well, right? That's the other part of it, that it's not just the, the magical moment is that you're supposed to be with family. And for a lot of people, for multiple reasons, that might not be possible either, as you were saying, just purely logistical or maybe relational, right? Or or, or whatever else might be that that being with family is not possible. So I think it is a great suggestion, right, to whenever possible to to build community where you are, which is sometimes extremely challenging, right? But for, for those that do have some sense of community where they are, I think that's that's great. And sometimes yeah. why we do this podcast actually is to reach people, is to really, you know, people who may not normally reach out for support or help or learning about things that are psychologically based uh are, you know, are supportive in this way that we're offering it. And I think it's a, it's a I'm glad we're doing this service actually for people. Uh, I've gotten calls from people seeking help, you know, from this podcast, which is really quite cool. You know, that people normally wouldn't ask for help or seek help. I went to a, I went to a, a friend's giving party for the first time uh, mm. this last Thanksgiving. And uh, a lot of uh, folks didn't were near their families and a whole group of us, had a Friendsgiving party. It was one of the most enjoyable Thanksgivings I've ever had, actually. Yeah. And uh, it was really cool. Yeah, I, I would imagine that, you know, there's a benefit from a Friendsgiving versus a family Thanksgiving because you get to choose your friends, right? So there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's the possibility of that being more enjoyable is probably a little higher than than. than than the people you I also, just that's true. I want to, to talk about practical things too, because one of the things that people ask me, uh, and I'm sure you've asked this too, one of the challenges is: Do you talk about politics when you haven't seen your family for a year? <laughs> do you get into, you know, the minutia of that? Because what what are, what are your thoughts about that? Do you that's talk a, about that's politics? a fascinating question, right? And and I had recently had some conversations with some folks about this in terms of how to, and and there's two parts to that. One is like. Do you talk about politics when you know your relatives have an opposite view? It doesn't matter which one you have or they have it. It's opposite. Yeah, versus, they're Seattle fans. You know, they're Seahawks fans. Exactly. Example, yes, yes. Or, do you, or, or in general, did you avoid it just in case? And I think it's a little bit different when you already know it's triggering, right? Because it, it is going to be a very passionate, heated, you know, potentially, you know, uh, uh, you know, event deterring possibility when two people, especially the way our country is now, are on opposite sides of the divide where, you know, I don't, I, I, and so my, my answer to that is it's probably not even worth it to, to, to have that conversation because the reality is that, you know, I normally ask is if the other person has an opposite belief that you do, is there anything they can say to change your perspective? Most people say no. And I'm right. like, the opposite is true on the other side. So why even start? You know, wh- why have a conversation that's taxing and painful if neither one of you is going to change, you know, one, one, one line towards the other side? So I, I do think that being mindful of the, the wasted energy on talking about certain topics, you know, politics being one, but there's others, you know. Sometimes I'll have this conversation with clients about healthy boundaries, right? Yes. And healthy boundaries with family. 
and that healthy boundaries are not just outer, they're inner too. So it's like, it's not yeah. just what I don't want from the outside is what I have to keep in from the inside. Can I, can my crack research team just gave me something about boundaries? May I share it with you? Sure, please. Our crack research team, not mine, ours, I should say. Our <laughs> crack research. Thank you, research team. It's about three different areas of boundaries, porous boundaries, healthy boundaries, and rigid boundaries. I'm going to read this to you. To yes, our, please. Uh, I know you, you know this yourself, but uh, porous You shouldn't assume what I know. I, there's a lot I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot. You know. It's rare that, you, that I know something you don't know. But here it is. Por, porous, porous boundaries. Uh, let almost anyone get close to them. Overshare personal information. Has difficulty saying no to others. Avoids conflict by giving in to others. Quick to adopt others' opinions. Communicate passively. That's one example. Healthy boundaries. Well, let me go to the opposite. Let's, say, let's leave healthy for last. That's porous boundaries. Rigid boundaries. Keep most people at a distance. Very guarded with personal information. Says no to others most of the time. Avoids conflict by pushing others away. Tends to ignore others' opinions. Communicates aggressively. Versus healthy boundaries, selective about whom to let in and keep out, share personal information appropriately, able to say no when needed, accepts conflict as a normal part of life, and values both own and others' opinions, and communicates assertively. That would be nice. healthy boundaries. So just want nice. to put that out there. Yes. So yes. boundaries is a really important piece you're naming here. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, the, the way that I understand that almost like to simplify it for myself and hopefully for others, it, it is about like, all right, so what are, you know, you know, Uncle Bob, right? What are the topics and that I enjoy having a conversation with Uncle Bob? You know, how long do I typically, you know, can sit with Uncle Bob and it's enjoyable and when there starts getting to the point where I'm not, I'm not really feeling that connected with him. Now, what are the aspects of Uncle Bob that I love so I could focus on that? And maybe it's, you know, 30 minutes, you know, talking about, you know, school or sports or whatever. And I really love Uncle Bob's humor. And then Uncle Bob starts talking about, you know, who the best president in the United States ever is. And then it's like, all right, Uncle Bob, I'm going to go over here, right? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's that's what a healthy boundary looks like in action, right? It's it's not about like, you know, Uncle Bob says, you know, this is the best president, and you're like, shut the fuck up, Uncle Bob, I'm not going to talk yeah. about that, right? Or 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 stay there and talk with him for thirty minutes. It really is about saying this is connected, enjoyable, you know, tolerable. Outside of that, I don't have to stay, but I also don't have to like be aggressive, as you were saying. So exactly. it is finding those windows of yeah. people, time, energy, topics. So then you could actually enjoy your family, knowing there's maybe for some family members eighty percent that's in the don't touch you know arena, but it's still yeah. a connection. Exactly. That's a really, that's a very practical point. There's sort of, there's, there's this Venn diagram, if you will, of uh, topics to share, tops, you know, think of the three circles, topics yeah. you absolutely do not share or talk about, topics yes. that would be connecting, all right, topics, connecting topics, which is the other, and then there's the middle, right? Yes. Where there might be some overlap, right? And so you're going to get into some fringe areas where, you know, it might be safe, but I think what, 
the the in between area I would say are values where you have common shared values. Yes, that would be the the circle in between the Venn, the Venn diagram, and where you know you don't share values with the person in your family, and it's going to be contentious. You stay away from those topics, and then you start to explore things that are highly connecting in the other part of the Venn diagram. What are the other areas that will where you agree, where you see the world the same way, or you can um, get on the same team, align, be have an allegiance, and, uh, and be supportive of each other. Yes. Um, that's really what we want to look at. And come prepared for that. It's okay to think about that ahead of time. Uh, and then you also have to have what I call human shields, uh, which are people who will say, oh, uh, uh, when Uncle Bob's here, hey, uh, Raphael, I need to talk to you over here in the kitchen right now because your shield knows that Uncle Bob's about to corner you and talk about one of those presidents that uh, you may not align with. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, there's another aspect here, right, that's, that's kind of like this very freeing, at least for me, be, be very freeing thought, right? One, one is that you could love someone and not like them all the time. Right, those are not mutually exclusive. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you like them all the time. So it's okay to say, I don't like this part or these ways that this person is. Still love you, but I don't like, you know, this part. And the other is that, you know, uh, humans are flawed and that's okay. So it's like, oh man, Uncle Bob really pisses me off. I never want to see him again because he said this one thing. Well, I mean, that's kind of the other side of the boundary is like, like keep a boundary on your reaction is like Uncle Bob said something very annoying, but there's also this other part of him that's very endearing and loving or values as you were sharing. So it it is that sense of, of allowing us and others to be human and humans are flawed. So then relationships don't have to be, you know, unipolar, you know, Mm -hmm. this person's great. This person's horrible because most people are not unipolar. Yeah. Well, it's a really beautiful way you're putting that. And I believe the, you know, loving someone without always liking them can apply to ourselves, can apply to other people. Uh, that's a really good way of, uh, of looking at it. And I think the other thing is maybe not wanting to be judgmental of other people or to set yourself up to be judged while you're with your family gathering or friends. And um, so there's ways of, the boundaries again can help with some of that, that, that piece. Um, what other things do you think will help have helped your clients during this time of the year when they come to you in January? And what are some of the things they report that are hard besides what we've discussed so far? Is there anything else that comes up a lot for you in the work you're doing with people? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the other thing, um, you know, is being mindful of, you know, sometimes it's as simple as, how much time can I spend with family? And, and, and to give yourself permission to, to, to whatever that is, a couple days is great, the third day, oh, time to go home. Mm-hmm. It's okay, right? It's like, because I think sometimes there's this pressure that we must be able to enjoy every single thing about our family. And, and, and I know for me, I don't know about you, but I, I normally feel really taxed after yeah. spending time with family. I love them. I yeah. enjoy them. I have fun. But I'm good for, for a while, like just not, <laughs> not being around people. And it's not because of 
the the evening being good, bad, or wonderful or horrible. It's just that uh, I'm I'm a, more of an introvert, so I need my recharge time after having to be so present with so many people. And and that's part of taking care of yourself. Is I think that you know we you, we fall into the shoulds. You know, people start shooting yeah. all over themselves. That's right. I should be with my family more i should be nicer i should be kinder i should whatever and that's just so overwhelming and it just gets in the way right and and uh, i was talking with a client earlier today about like you know instead of should try i want to and see how that works that's a that's really helpful I, i like everything you're saying there's there uh it's okay that another part of the boundaries is limiting time with family, limiting exposure to being around family. You know, they say that, uh, you know, after three days, you know, fish starts to stink. They say that about guests, whether you are one, you're entertaining one. Sometimes you have to know the limits of how long somebody should stay or you should stay. And what that magical number is, I had clients who said, hey, I need an hour of therapy for every extra day I spend with my in-laws. Uh, well, then don't spend the extra days with your in-laws and just keep it short, you know, yes. you, can, you can save yourself money on therapy. Right. Uh, but it's really, uh, it's good to know what our, our limits are. And you're right. Some people are introverted. I'm more that I'm more, I don't need a lot of time like that. I like time with people, but I also love my alone time and, uh, it is very taxing. And if you're very present and you're the, you know, we're the kind of people who like to be very present when around yes. people not distracted, but present. So it takes a lot of concentration and to be present. And that can be tiring. And certain individuals can be more tiring than other people, right? Yeah. You can only hear the same yeah. joke every every Christmas, right? That you've heard for the last 10 yeah. Christmases. Yeah. Every story you've heard for the fifth time. Every, yeah. you know, it can be hard. And then there's drinking involved sometimes with family get-togethers and people are disinhibited because they, they have permission now to drink more than they usually do, eat more than they usually do, and say more than they usually do. And there's also yes. this thing where we're coming off of working our asses off. Everybody wants to pack all the work in up until like December 22nd, you know, work hard, you know, push, yep. push, grind, grind it out. And then we're exhausted by the time the holidays hit. And then we're exhausted because we're trying to make the holidays perfect once we're, you know, on the holiday. But we push ourselves at work too much. We haven't recovered from that. And now we're pushing ourselves to work even harder on our time off. Yes, yes. Yeah, and and and, I, and the other with that, with all that you're saying, I mean, I agree with that, and and it really resonates for me, and, and I think it's it's a great way of, of of things to be mindful. And the other piece that I thought about that is, you know, to communicate that to the people near us, right? Because I'm thinking about like you know, which now we are in a layer of complication here, right? Because the other person has their own feelings, opinions, thoughts, perspectives, but. I'm talking about like for, for those people that have some a partner in their life, you know, because you're talking about in-laws, right? To be able to say, hey, you know, I, I love your parents, you know, but can we just be there for two days, you know, or, you know, can we plan to do something outside of their house, you know, just us and go out for a walk or whatever, because, you know, it's too much for me, whatever it might be. And sometimes that could be a really scary conversation, once again, because of expectations, et cetera. But I think that there is an opportunity there, right? Mm-hmm. That that it could be something that happens. And even if the other person says, I'm so disappointed that you don't want to stay for more time and this is really makes me angry, whatever, right, right. that's a much healthier outcome than me going there for a week 
being miserable, being bitter, you know, and just it spewing out, you know, and then I end up having like this screaming fight with my father-in-law over the, you know, the Seahawks being a better team or whatever, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not that my father-in-law is a Seahawks fan because that would never work. But (laughs) Yeah, it was one of the questions uh, you were asked when you married your wife is, who do you root for? uh, Yeah, no, she she didn't have a team, so that would work out. Now (laughs) she's a a full-fledged 49er fan. (laughs) As as I'm sure your daughter is too. Uh, But yeah, so I think that that's, those, those are very good things to be mindful of. And the other, the other piece is, uh, you know, whatever we do, we should, when there's this pressure to, I guess, perform versus this pressure just to be yourself. Yeah. I think, you know, there's this balancing of, I don't want to go someplace and have to perform for a week or two days or three days. I want to just be me. And, uh, but how much of me can I be when I'm around all these people who, uh, you know, who are, who can be hard on me, who can, you know, be pressured me. And sometimes family can be harder on you than anybody else. Cause they yes. feel like they can say whatever they want, do whatever they want in their family and they can get away with it. But there needs to be rules of engagement for families too. Yes. So part of boundary setting could be, Hey, I'm going to come, but I, here's the thing. I'm not going to set it up in advance. I'm not going to stay past 10 because I have kids and we need to get home and they're going to get cranky. I, Really, don't serve me booze because I'm trying to be sober. That's your situation. That's an example. Correct. Um, I don't want to get into politics because it doesn't go well for us. I just want yeah. to front. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. And unless you're going to talk about the 49ers victory of Seattle, uh, I'm not <laughs> interested in talking about the game. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Um, but there's a million other ways we can have meaning together and we can feel joy together. And let's think ahead of time about what would be joyful let's say uh singing karaoke or or, or playing a card game or yeah exactly something yeah. right but i love what you're saying because i think that that so much of this idea of having boundaries you know and, and planning and all that it also means speaking up and letting those be known as you were saying like letting people know hey i'm not doing this we have to look at this time ahead of time because in the moment it's so much harder to try to set boundaries it's kind of like you know, like disciplining your kids, you know, if you don't teach them, you know, proper ways of, of, of being in the dinner table and you're trying to teach them in the restaurant, it's not going to work out, you know, because there's other yeah. people there. So I think that there is something about, you know, that, that, that being proactive about explaining your needs to people versus expecting them to just know them. Right. And and I see that, you know, a lot with couples that creates a lot of problems where we think that the other person is just supposed to read my mind and know what I need. And then when they don't do that, I feel hurt, you know, or, 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 or you know, mistreated. And, and I think what we're talking about is one of the best ways that you can protect yourself is letting your needs be known and your boundaries yes. be known. That's a key piece. A lot of us are lousy at letting our needs be known and what we want and what we don't want. Yeah. Uh, you hard. mentioned in a way in a way you're talking a lot too about guilt. I think there's a higher level of guilt people feel around the holidays, which is that if I don't please you and I don't want to disappoint you because there's all this pressure to be perfect right now. So, um, you know, I'm not going to speak, but I'm not going to speak to my needs and, and wants. 
Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to appease you more than usual. And I think that works against us most of the time. Yeah, right. And 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 I think th- th- there's just something. And I mean, and obviously what we're saying is not easy, right? The yeah. concept is easy. The 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 actual like performing it is hard because it's sometimes it it's it feels exposing it feels heavy it feels like you're disappointing people they might have their reaction but if you think about it, the opposite is worse you know just keeping yeah. it in and being miserable as i said you know having to sit there for a week and being miserable versus stating your boundary and 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 that's kind of like what i think it's important to highlight here is that None of this is, this is the solution. There are more ideas and concepts that people need to apply in their own way. But also the understanding that these are hard things to do. They're challenging, but it's the opportunity to begin to to create something different. Like I, I knew someone who, you know, for years, they would give a gift to their father and their father was disappointed with the gift. You know, it was a very unhealthy situation, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I personally, if my daughter was to give me, you know, like a bunch of mud with a bow, I would think it's amazing and beautiful, <laughs> right? Uh, but it was like this ongoing, like tremendous pressure to buy the gift that the father was going to like, right? And And every year there was this disappointment because he wouldn't like it. And I think about that now, how much easier would it have been if the dad would have said, this is what I really want? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Instead of playing this game of when are you going to read my mind and get me what I want, you know? Exactly. Right. Just say what you want versus torturing people and, and making them feel like they're always disappointing you. Just be clear about it. And I think that would be a much healthier approach. There's also, I, I just want to state, some positives here. You know, you're looking at positive psychology for a minute. So, for example, some of the things I, I try to hold uh, is, is hopefulness. For example, if you're a Jew, that the Chinese restaurants open around the corner so you can get food on Christmas. Yeah. That's one example. But, but, uh, but I think, but also hope is, comes in other forms. So, how do you, uh, you know, share like we're, we're fields of energy? We want to be able to create positive energy in the energy field of our family or loved ones. So what is the energy you want to put out while you're with the people you really do care about and you love, even if you don't always like them? So do you want to put on energy of hope, generosity of spirit? Do you want to be a source of uplifting them? Uh, Do you want to have some positivity? What do you want to walk into the experience with? And I think it's really helpful to set intentions sometimes that are realistic. You know, you can't uh, set out realistic ones, but What's the energy you want to bring into the experience with people? And if you come in with a negative attitude because of other past Christmases or other holidays where it hasn't gone well, that can create a different outcome. So sometimes you have to clear out the past and really come in with the right attitude, the right energy, the right outlook, and the right positivity to create the experience we're really wanting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think that, you know, it starts to get into this sense of, you know, w- what is it that I am, you know, I, I'm thinking about a couple of things, but it, it, it's related to purpose, it's related to hope, it's related to kind of like this greater sense of, you know, what is this for, 
kind of thing, right? And 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 because I think that then it fits into this, you know, family is valuable, and and these moments are valuable because of what, you know, for for what greater purpose? What it, what is the point of this get together being meaningful? That is beyond, you know, the 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 stated, you know, uh, advertised holiday. And 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 now we get into more kind of what you were saying, like what's intrinsically true, that it doesn't have to be. If the turkey is not perfect, if the gifts are not perfectly wrapped, you know, if the tree is not amazing, if family misbehaves, what is the the sense of why is it valuable to me to have our time together as a family? Yeah. And now we're getting into the core of it. Exactly. And what do you want to teach your kids or others about what this is really about? What's the purpose of this whole thing? What's this, you know, beyond the religious uh, piece? What is the purpose? It's interesting. My, our crack research team just gave me another interesting statistic I want to share with you. Uh, three in five Americans feel their mental health is negatively impacted by the holidays. Mm. Wow. Three in five. Three in five. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, you know, that's why we're, we wanted to cover this topic. And yes. I do, I do want to say that this is a good time to, I want to promote our business, but I guess I will, you know, see if you, you know, seek out support, but also seek out therapy right now. This is a good time to, sometimes people take more time off of therapy because they're seeing their family and they're taking vacations, but sometimes it's okay to say, Maybe this is a time where I do need to really touch base with my therapist more before, if possible, during or after the holidays. Just because, as you can see from the statistic, if you know three out of five is a pretty significant number of people in total that are going to be impacted negatively in terms of the holidays and have mental health challenges. So uh, yeah. it's really important that people do seek more support now, uh, not yeah. less. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's the other piece, right? That, that human relational part of us, right? And, and, and that's the essence of therapy in a lot of ways. That's the essence of what we do. I mean, it's not the only way, but I guess we, we talk about what, what, what we know, which is, you know, that therapeutic relationship. And, and I think that, you know, the, the impact on mental health around the holidays is a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. It's a lot of this stuff that, you know, it's, it's so embedded in us that it's hard to see. And one of the ways that therapy helps is that you're in this joint relationship with someone else whose job it is to help bring this outside perspective so you could step outside yourself and have a little bit more of this compassionate, objective way of understanding your processes, your relationships, you know, what does this ideas that we're talking about now with expressing boundaries, you know, and setting limits and being assertive and talking and expressing my needs. So how does that apply to me? That's, that's the essence of therapy, right? So all this concepts that we're able to understand, and I, I know you probably hear this all the time. So I get it here. I get it cognitively. I understand it. But how do I apply it down here, you know, to the heart, to the body, to the action? Exactly. And that's what we do. That's exactly. the work of therapy. And just a few more tips just to add, you know, to that point. 
uh, Raphael. Typically, we feel like we have an excuse to let self-care go around the holidays. I can let my eating go. I can let my drinking go. Actually, based on all these stats, it's the opposite. You need to up your self-care. You need to drink less. You need to eat less. You want to really go the other direction. And that's a way you can have some sense of what we call control mastery over your experience. And so really developing a self-care plan in advance of the holidays is really what we're emphasizing here. So that uh, you don't just say, well, I'm just going to let it all go now. And that's typically what a lot, of, a lot of us do. And then we're surprised by what happens. Yeah. 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 And, and it's an opportunity because I think that, you know, the, there is this sense of, you know, whatever that sense of family is for each of us, you know, it's this entity that is probably not going to change. As you were saying, you know, it's like the same joke in the last 10 years, the same story you heard a hundred times, you know, the same, you know, roles in the family. We haven't even talked about that. You know, when you set yeah. your family of origin, everybody falls back into the same roles they had from growing Still up. Still the same place around the right? table. Exactly. Thing, right? yeah, yeah. So that's an entity that, that, that it's, you know, co-created and we have our role in that, but more than likely it's not going to be shifted tremendously, but I can't shift tremendously, okay. you yes. know, and, and how I come to it and what I take away from it and, and, and I, how I choose to value the, the story for the 11th time, you know, from, from grandma and, and just say, all right, so, now, this is a beautiful way of her connecting through this story that's meaningful to her. The story that didn't change, but my appreciation of it can change. And, and that's the essence of this work, right? That the world may not change, but I can, I can be different in how I relate to that world. And I think that that mitigates the potential negative impact of, of family and holiday seasons and all this stuff that we're talking about. Because the flip side of it, you know, is that it can be, you know, quite beautiful to have yeah, that yeah, really can. You know, set up in the, in the turkey or the whatever, you know. And, yeah. Um, you know, the traditions can be really special. Every year we do yes. this thing that we do every single year. We play the same games, you know. My, my wife's have family had much more of that than my family in terms of they played the same games every single Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is a bigger holiday in Mexico. And That's every Christmas Eve, they played the same games, you know, that they played when grandpa and grandma was still around and now we still play them, you know. And even though it was the same game every year, you know, it's fun. It's it's a tradition. It's something to to we only yeah. play it once a year. I mean, we could play it any time, but it's really really special, right? So there's something very beautiful about rituals and traditions. Yeah, and it's interesting. I didn't know that about Mexico. I know Europe, uh, Italy, or other places where it's set. It's a Christmas Eve, you know, not Christmas Day. Correct. So I didn't realize in Mexico uh, that's also sometimes yeah. a tradition. Yeah. yeah. Growing so up, wanna, we, Christmas was the twenty fourth. Oh, you know? okay. I didn't even know that Christmas was the 25th because it was always on the 24th. So Christmas was always the 24th. For me, still Christmas. I hear Christmas and I think 24th, not 25th, you know, because the 25th, you didn't do anything. You kind of like slept in and opened gifts from 
you know, Santa or whatever, but you, you didn't really see family on the 25th. It was the 24th. When did you first realize that Santa wasn't Santa, Raphael? I think I was about 10. Okay. Eight. Right. It's hard to remember. Between eight, 8 and 10, around that age. I think yeah, 10 might have been a little too old, a little older. I think I was between 8 and 10. I, I, yes. And I and I think I asked, you know, kind of <laughs> like the typical thing, you know, as, as kids are around, you start telling you it's not true. That's the other thing I like about this time of the year. You know, there's this phase that uh, kids go through. We call it magic when yeah. there's everything's in there. They're in that magic phase. And the holidays is one of those times when it's really sweet to see kids who they think Santa Claus is going to come down the chimney if they have a chimney in their house. And it's really sweet to see those kinds of things. I want to ask you before we conclude here, what um, I want to just say to you, because it's the end of the year that I've really I want to wish you and your family an absolutely lovely holiday experience and how appreciative I am of the opportunity to do this podcast with you and to deepen our relationship. And I have one hope for us, and that is that the uh, if the Lions do prevail in the playoffs, that they will face the 49ers and we get to go to that game. That is one hope I have. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that would... And, that would... Uh, I would imagine for you that would be, you know, an impossible scenario, right? I, I, I can't even imagine your 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 childhood team against your adult <laughs> team. I, I think that I, my that, team and my childhood team. Yeah, 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 yeah. My my sense yeah. is that you, you would be, you know, maybe one percent happier if the Lions won than the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would, uh, anything can happen, right? Miracles can happen. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I appreciate, yeah, as well, you know, as we come to the end of the year, which is always an interesting phenomenon to me because is this, this, you know, agreement that we have as humanity that this number is meaningful, right? That, that, <laughs> that you know, that, that 1231 means something and, and 1-1 means a big deal that it's a new year. But anyway, it's, it's, we, we all have agreed it's important. And, 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 and if I get out of my, you know, over analytic health head, it is important. You know, it is a fun yeah. kind of like moment to reflect. And it does feel like an ending and beginning, even though it's only on paper or, or screens now. But yeah, be, beyond me getting to that analytical, you know, cynical self of, of, of the importance, it is important and it is meaningful. And I and I am grateful for our time and our friendship and and yeah, the 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 opportunity to do more, you know, and and hopefully, you know, as twenty twenty four comes around the corner, there will be more opportunities for exactly. For In this lifetime, we only have so many Christmases, we only have so yes. many New Years, we only have so many summers, and uh, as we get a little bit older, we start to really value that time differently. And yes. so, you want to really make sure that that time is uh, precious, and you don't squander it. You know, you yes. really you realize how sacred it is that we have I agree. the opportunity. That, that's definitely the the wisdom of age you know that the, the value of time is different yeah we should do an episode of time something really simple with not a lot of complication right <laughs> exactly all right well, we're out of time speaking of that yes. so thank you podcast listeners thanks Raphael. great to see you you as well bye-bye bye as always please rate and review your opinions are really important to us thank you for listening and see you next time.